You're listening to the Faith City Outreach with your host, Marina Maria, who is also the founder of Global Gospel Worship Radio. Marina interviews local pastors and global leaders to share their testimonies and their ministries. Marina wants you to remember Matthew 6:33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Now here's your host, Marina Maria. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Jenny Hager, founder and director of Australian House of Prayer for all nations since 1990 and based in Adelaide, South Australia. It is a focal point in interceding for Australia and all nations. Jenny and her husband, Brian, have been the senior pastors of Father's House formerly Zion Hill Christian Community, since 2007. Jenny is the founder of Mission World Aid and a member of the Australian Prophetic Council and oversees Revival South Australia. Jenny is also a member of the Australian Coalition of Apostolic Leaders and is now on the International Council of the Global Watch, a group of watchmen from around the world. Thank you, Jenny, for being on Faith City Outreach to share about the House of Prayer ministry that God has given you, which is Australia House of Prayer for All Nations. Well, it's a privilege to be here. Thank you, Marina. You're very welcome. I understand that Australian House of Prayer for All Nations is the longest running house of prayer in Australia because it started in 1990. Please share the story behind how God started your ministry, Jenny. Well, Marina, it all started um, as so many things in the Lord uh, do start in a very small way and most unexpectedly. At the time, uh, way back in the mid-1980s, I was uh, a nurse and I loved nursing and uh, the Lord uh, really surprised me by beginning to speak to me and say that uh, his actual words were revival was going to come to Australia and with it would come a great outpouring to the nations and I was to build this prayer resource centre. And he then uh, stopped me from nursing and I just gathered a few friends, we began to pray. And you can understand that because there were no houses of prayer that we knew of around the world, we were a little bit confused as to what God actually wanted. Now, houses of prayer exploding all over the world. But back then, I remember going to various church pastors in our city and just sharing with them what the Lord had said. And they all said, oh, no, it's not God. They couldn't understand why people of all different denominations would come together and pray. They felt that prayer was more in the local church. And so in a way, they seemed to be a bit threatened by it. So I actually laid it down. But two years later, a prophet came to me and said the exact words that God had said to me. So I knew then that that, uh, I really did need to take notice of what I was hearing And the Lord began to say to me that I was to build like Noah, uh, believing for rain that Noah had never seen. 
And I, ever since then, I've studied Noah because Noah had to just keep persevering when others didn't understand what he was doing. He just kept listening to the Lord's voice and kept obeying God. And another thing that helped me was that Lauren Cunningham, who founded Youth with a Mission, came to our city and he spoke prophetically to me and he said, God is giving you a vision And you are to just look to God because he's the only one that has got the blueprint for this vision. And so from that very small beginning of just a few of us gathering together and praying with no understanding, when I look back down the years, no understanding of what God really was intending to build. And I guess Noah didn't fully understand either. So it was a wonderful scripture to give me. So you took a step of faith. You walked by faith and not by sight. Absolutely, all the way. And because Lauren Cunningham had given me that word, I fully understood that he, as part of it, he said, you're not to look to anybody else and what they're doing. You're to look to the heavenly blueprint alone. And that has really been what we have done all through. Ever since then, we're always referring back to the Father. Is this part of your blueprint? Mm-hmm. Is this what you want us to do? And so I'm really grateful that the Lord did send Lauren with that word for me uh, and to help us in the years since then, since we've been building, because there was a lot of opposition in the early years. It's hard to understand now, but a lot of things when they're new for the church, when transition is occurring Mm -hmm. and things get a bit bumpy, and so you have to be sure of what God has said to you and yet continually blessing and loving those that don't understand and are perhaps being critical of you. There's so many lessons, Marina, that we have learned over the years that have kept us in very good stead. God has been so faithful. Now, the opposition, is that the same as it is now? No. Now, uh, God's house of prayer, the Lord, it's like a wildfire all over the world. No one knows how many houses of prayer, from being very small groups to really large organized houses of prayer, no one knows. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And I believe we're seeing a revival of prayer now. And I think because God is uh, preparing us for the great awakening, the great revival that so many of us around the world believe that God is is going to do. But we know that all revivals are preceded by prayer. So mm-hmm. what God is doing at the moment, he's, there's a lot of favor on the prayer movement. It's, you know, it's just remarkable. So uh, no, now pastors and others now are very favorable and they understand what God is doing. I know that your vision is to advance God's kingdom by raising up, equipping, and sending out spiritual mature Christians who passionately engage in prayer for Australia and the world. What is the process of your ministry equipping in equipping Christians? Well, over the years, we've held many, many national seminars, conferences. Uh, We've taken teams out on a lot of assignments. So training has been a very important part. One of the best ways to be trained is actually to be on site with the prayer leader, to be in the prayer room with the prayer leader. We do encourage people to, you know, there's so many books now on prayer. You go into any of our major Christian uh, bookstores and there's so many on Mm -hmm. prayer. Whereas back in the mid-1980s, there wasn't very much at all. 
Uh, but uh, now uh, the Lord is equipping uh, us to be able to, um, particularly through Zoom and, you know, all the modern technology that we have, it's been a glorious thing to be able to train and equip people in that way. How long is the training and how do you know that person is ready? Well, a lot of the training um, just goes on and on and on. For instance, some of the teams, some of my team and my team leaders have been with me 20 years or so. And so um, because we've journeyed together in this, uh, it's, it's you never finish training in prayer and, and going out on prayer mm-hmm. assignments. But maybe I should just mention the importance also of the character of the intercessor. The, mm-hmm. It's so important. We... You know, we say that uh, character is above gifting. If somebody has a gifting in some way, we can encourage them in that gifting, which is a gift from God. Mm. But that gifting is not going to really bear fruit fully unless the person's character mm. is is strong. So part of our training is to help the intercessor be healed of any past issues mm-hmm. as we teach them about repentance and forgiveness and not having any bitter roots of judgment and walking in a culture of honour. All of those values of the kingdom are really, really important. And also because in the prayer movement, we're in a spiritual battle and we do come across strong spiritual opposition. So we need to be strong in knowing who we are in Christ, Christ in us, the hope of glory. I just love that phrase because he's in us and uh, he's, you know, he's the way he leads us so faithfully and guides us. But being able to help the young ones in the journey is partly to see that they are. There's a lot of inner healing takes place. The other thing is that most intercessors have very sensitive spirits, like prophets, mm-hmm. and so they can hurt. So they often come to us hurting and sometimes angry, all of those mm-hmm. emotional things. So now we're like mothers, you know, over the, the younger generation to encourage them and see them healed and see them equipped to be able to stand strongly in the spiritual battle to which they're called. What if the intercessor has a good character? However, he or she is very insecure in praying. What would you tell him or her? Well, uh, the best way that I feel, it's like Jesus spoke about um, discipling. And so we're discipling in the sense that they see how we pray and we teach them how to pray too, because nearly everything we do, it's in a team. It's not, although we're teaching them individually how to pray at home, how to um, make decrees, uh, we're very strongly in spiritual warfare and praying over their own families to learn how to decree the word of God. We're so strongly on the Bible, the word of God. Jesus said in the wilderness to Satan, it is written. And we decree it is written. So teaching them uh, those things and how uh, important it is when they pray, you know, they're praying to the Father and um, that Jesus sits at the right-hand side of the Father, ever interceding for us. And we're part of Jesus's team in in the intercession for this world. So it it's it's no light responsibility to be called up by the Lord to pray. But we also um, 
encourage people. My husband and I pastor a church, and so not everyone that's part of the fellowship feels called to intercession, but we encourage them all to be prayers, uh, and a lot of them are list prayers, and um, I just love it when they come and say, what are your needs? You know, I, I'm praying for you. It's wonderful. Uh, so we encourage them that whatever gifting God has given them in prayer to just walk in that gifting. I think it's interesting and notable to hear that the Australian House of Prayer for All Nations not only prays for Australia, but for all the nations. Why is it important for Christians to pray for the nations too? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I think because of Psalm 2, you know, the father, he's offering uh, the nations to his son and he says, ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance. And Jesus is sharing that inheritance with us. And I think we do begin, uh, our prayer life often starts within our own home and the needs that we have in our home. And then we're in a smaller prayer group. And then the Lord might graduate us to be part of the church prayer team. And from there, we might be part of a team praying over our city and our state, our region, our nation. And then when we're more experienced, he then starts to um, build us as teams or individuals praying for the nations. And I think that happens because he puts the nations on our hearts. And, uh, you know, sometimes we just particularly, at the moment, we're all praying for Myanmar and uh, the because we can feel God's heart for that nation and the need of prayer for that nation. So uh, with worldwide, there was such prayer for America, and I believe that is ongoing. There is so much prayer for Israel. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could just go on and on around the world that where the Lord has got us praying across the nations. What advice would you give Christians who want to improve their prayer life, Jenny? I think I'd say, first of all, because prayer to me, it's not a religious exercise. It's falling in love with Jesus. <laughs> so it's like coming home to the Father. Mm. I always remember a key uh, prayer leader from America once saying that their little child fell in the swimming pool and uh, was pulled out unconscious. And he said he didn't kneel and say, Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you at the moment because our child looks like he's dead because he's been in a pool. He said he just cried out, Father, Father, Father. And that's always spoken to me that prayer is our heart to God's heart. There's no right or wrong way of praying. It's not a religious exercise we have to do in the sense of people feel guilty. You know, I haven't prayed enough. I haven't fasted enough. I don't think we're supposed to get in that bind. Mm -hmm. I think just following Jesus and um, the other part, of course, is to improve our prayer life relating to um, prayer leaders, uh, reading books on prayer, studying prayer, study your subject. If you're called to be a prophet, study being a prophet. If you're called to be an evangelist, study that. But if you feel you're called to be an intercessor, then, then study that. And I think the other thing is the Holy Spirit is amazing in guiding us in prayer. We Amen. don't know how to pray, but he knows how to pray. Jenny, if or, or what books do you recommend for intercessors who want to study the topic of prayer? Are there books that you use or recommend? Well, House of Prayer has a library um, of 12,000 books, so it's going to be hard for me to say <laughs> uh, what books 
I mean, going back years and years ago, the only one that was really writing on prayer, um, or one of the main ones, was Joy Dawson, who, who uh, you know, is or part of the YWAM team and taught us a lot on prayer. But these days, uh, you've only got to Google, too, books on prayer and see, uh, you know, the sort of book that might speak to you or go into a Christian bookshop, which we have here in Australia. We have very good Christian bookshops with whole areas on prayer books on prayer it's just and i think that is again because god is encouraging prayer preparing us for the days that are ahead jenny has the australian house of prayer for all nations operated differently since 1990 well yes because god has grown us you know from just a tiny seed as we've grown, I think uh, where we're operating differently is that he's given us more assignments and more serious assignments uh, to um, to go out as teams on, you know, to various places to be praying. We've moved through a lot of different seasons. And so we've learned to trust God in the dry times, as well as the times when he's poured out on us. I mean, we officially started in 1990. That's when we set up a leadership team. And, and, and proper documentation to set up the Australian House of Prayer. And we relate to Houses of Prayer all around Australia and encourage prayer wherever we can, um, you know, in encouraging prayer. So I think the responsibility that God has given us has been changing. We're ever learning. I don't think you ever arrive that you know it all. Uh, we are forever ever learning. One of the things that's very important to us now is worship. We've realized the importance Mm. of worship. And in all of our meetings, every meeting starts with worship. Mm. And we just worship and wait on the Father. And so we don't come with what we think we should be doing. We wait on him. And then we get that sense of, you know, pray for Myanmar today or, or, you know, whatever the cause is, might be abortion, euthanasia, whatever he is saying to us. And then we know that he's going to anoint what we're praying for because he has called it from heaven. So we very much, I think, one of the things we've learned over the years is to be in the rest, to be peacefully in the rest, trusting him that he will guide us. Whereas in the early years, we would come to a prayer meeting with a list so long and we'd be trying to get through everything on the list. All that's gone. You know, we're just now waiting on the Lord. And of course, for the few days before a prayer meeting, we're waiting on the Lord. And then there's the aspect of fasting, uh, which is an important part of the prayer movement too, in, in seeking the Lord. You mentioned that the Lord is giving you more serious assignments now. Can you please give me or give us an example of a serious assignment, a more serious assignment. Right. So um, <laughs> because of Zoom, we are now able to hold uh, prayer meetings on Zoom. And about two years ago, I began to be aware that the needs of the South Pacific Islands to the north of Australia were great. Fiji, Papua New Guinea, Tonga, all of those islands, the needs were great. So I called watchmen, intercessors from around Australia and the South Pacific and New Zealand to come to a house of prayer that we have here on Kangaroo Island that we set up and to stay and to seek the Lord. And out of that, the Lord showed us that we needed to start the South Pacific house of prayer. So now every week we have 
have a Zoom call with people from around Australia who come on that call uh, and pray with us for the South Pacific Islands. Then we realised that the Lord was wanting us to have another Zoom call with New Zealand. We're known as the Anzacs. So we call it the Anzac Watch Australia and New Zealand, named after the Australia and New Zealand Army Corps. So uh, we meet together with intercessors from New Zealand. Uh, Jan Stevenson in New Zealand is the prayer leader there. And she and I um, alternate running this meeting, praying together. So here we are praying nation to nation, relating with prayer leaders. So the Lord is really raising it up to another level by us doing that. I know that the purpose of Australian House of Prayer is to carry the heart of the prayer movement in Australia and beyond. In what ways has the Australian House of Prayer for all nations played a huge impact on Australia? Well, in the beginning, so many of our spiritual assignments were was under the radar. We have a website now, but for so many years, a lot of what we did was not well known to a lot of people because, do you know what I mean by under the radar? We, it was, there was some secrecy in the assignments that we were doing. But as teams, we went out, I would be on a plane every month to somewhere in Australia with the team. And for 12 years, I was part of the Australian Prayer Network run by Brian Pickering. And uh, so on that team, we were training people in so many cities and country towns on prayer and just raising up prayer and having an impact in that way. And the things that God was teaching us, I was very involved in teaching what's now called spiritual mapping, whereas we used to call it prayer research. And we... uh, at our house of prayer, we have a library and strategic research centre where uh, we collect data on the spiritual battles that we've been in and the places that we've been in and the reasons why they particularly need prayer. I mean, there might have been a massacre there uh, years ago, you know, all sorts of things like that. Our research often helps us to know how to pray. So the things that we've learned, we've gone out and we've had an impact by teaching others around the nation the things that God has taught us. I know God helps your ministry ministry to establish houses of prayer by connecting them all over the world. How does this work, Jenny? This is amazing. Um, Doctors Fred and Sue Rao in, in America began the Global Watch, and it just began in a very small way. And now watchmen from so many nations are relating into what's called the Global Watch. And, I mean, people can just uh, look up the Global Watch, uh, Google the Global Watch, and they'll find out more information. But this is something that is so God-driven uh, so that now that nation like Africa, there's an African watch and there's an Israel watch, there's the Australian watch, uh, there's watches from so many nations that people can now go on so that, for instance, our South Pacific watch, once a month that connects into the global watch and 150 people from around the world will be praying with us on the South Pacific watch. So we jump from being, you know, 20 or 30 on our watch to 150 or so with people. Uh, in fact, the Global Watch now has translators so that people from other nations can 
have translation as to what's going on in the prayer. Now, we have never seen this before in the world. And Global Watch is one of a number of watches, but I think it's probably developing to be, uh, you know, one of the main network connections that, the you know, the Lord is using so that if you've got a heart to pray for Africa, you just join the African watch or, or this, you know, Singapore or whatever. And these watches are developing at a very fast rate. So just an incredible thing that we're seeing in our day that the Lord is networking us across the nations. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach, which today's special guest, Ginny Hager, founder and director of Australian House of Prayer for All Nations. Since 1990, and it's based in Adelaide, South Australia. Jenny is also a member of the Australian Coalition of Apostolic Leaders and is now on the International Council of the Global Watch, a group of watchmen from around the world. We are talking about the House of Prayer ministry that God has given her, which is Australia House of Prayer for All Nations. Jenny, what does a person need to do to establish a house of prayer in their own city or state or country? I'm often asked this question. And the first thing I would say is begin to learn to hear the voice of the Lord because you're going to need the voice of the Lord all through the raising up of your house of prayer. So pray and ask God, help me to discern your voice, your ways, what you're saying to me, and then receive the mandate from him. What sort of house of prayer do you want me to run? Uh, what, what, do, what will it look like? And also together, just a small, I would start really small, just a, could be two mm -hmm. or three people. Mm -hmm. Just gather with them and just start praying and see what the Lord does. You might stay two or three people for a year or more. You know, I wouldn't try to be big and fast and or, just stay mm -hmm. very humbly, very small, and see the Lord might eventually add to you. Once your relationships are built uh, together, then he will start adding to you. And mm -hmm. also another thing I do is, I would definitely talk to my pastor about it um, because you do need that covering in, in authority over you to help you and, and give you wise counsel. And if it's going to be a house of prayer to do with your city or your region, I would go and just share your vision with the pastors of the region. We work closely with pastors and marketplace leaders. We talk because we pray into the marketplace, we pray into all seven mountains. So we we talk to them, and mm. we also ask them what are their prayer needs, how do they see our role, and in that way the Lord works it out. So again, start small and listen to the Lord and leave it to Him. How many right. houses of prayer have been established since 1990? Well, we've established three. Um, we have one up here in the Adelaide Hills where I live, and that's what we would call the mother house. That's where our big library is and our research centre is. Then we have one in the city, which was established about uh, 18 years ago, and that is right in the very heart of our CBD. 
uh, we have three rooms there that it's called the Lighthouse Prayer Tower. And people can come in at lunchtime and pray or other times of the day. Um, we've had doctors and lawyers and marketplace people just come in and pray when they feel. But we also have teams that go in and pray in there uh, for the city and for the issues that we have in, in, in our city. And so um, that's been an important one. And then about nine years ago, the Lord, out of the blue, began to speak to us to buy a motel on Kangaroo Island, which is off the coast of South Australia. And at first we didn't understand what, why were we being called to do that, but we now understand the Lord has converted this motel to be a Christian retreat and conference centre and we've, we've built uh, or developed a beautiful prayer room over there on the island and it's one of the southern gates of Australia. So people from probably 12 or more nations have been coming uh, when they come to mm. Australia to pray, they go over to Kangaroo Island and pray in That's our prayer great. room over there. So it's it's really very, very strategic uh, time to do that. That's wonderful. Jenny, what has the Lord been putting in your heart lately in your prayer time or Bible reading time with him? Well, uh, oh, there's so much I could probably say on this one. Um We've been very much, I'm picking it up from quite a number of nations, Zechariah 3 and 4, but I think one of the ones that is really coming through strongly is Haggai 2 to 4. If I, can I read it to you? Absolutely. Please share. Yes. It says, yet now be strong Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong Joshua. One of the reasons this is speaking to us is that Zerubbabel had the governmental anointing and Joshua had the priestly anointing and that God is building the tabernacle of David in our day. And the thing we knew about David was he was he had the priestly anointing but he, and he introduced all the worship, but he also governed. And so God is bringing his government on earth and we're seeing such a battle in nation after nation with government, but God... Mm -hmm you know, is, 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 is uh, planning to establish his government. So it says, yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you, do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, in a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts, and this beautiful part, the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. And I think that scripture and Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For darkness covers the earth and thick darkness the people. And we're seeing that in our day. It is getting darker and darker. Mm. But, but the Lord's promise is that his glory will be arising uh, upon us. Uh, so uh, I think they're the two um, 
you know, that's two of many of the, of, of the words that are coming through. If I can just mention that song, The Blessing, that uh, has gone mm-hmm. all around the world. That mm-hmm. is extraordinary that a song could be birthed and be sung in so many nations by mm-hmm. so many people. And what the Lord is saying in that song is, I am with you, I am with you, I am with you. And that's what he's just said in the scripture I've just read out. Mm-hmm. So he's saying to us, however dark it gets, however challenging it gets, the persecution is rising, the injustice is rising, Evil is rising, but I am with you. And he's wanting us to be strong in that understanding. Mm-hmm. He is with us no matter what is happening. Beautiful. What is your favorite scripture, Jenny, that you use during spiritual warfare times or even challenging times? Well, when the Lord first told me to build house of prayer and build like Noah, I asked him for a scripture. Uh, you know, I thought he might give me Psalm 2. He actually gave me Proverbs 9:10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, hmm. and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Hmm. And that knowledge, you know, it's like yada to know him intimately, to know about him, but to know him intimately. And I have often meditated on that. If I can just mention one other scripture, uh, which I just love, the Lord. I think I love these scriptures because the Lord speaks them to me. <laughs> and so Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And many times when I haven't felt peaceful, the Lord has just reminded me, be peaceful, trust me, just be peaceful, come back, stay in the rest, find that peace. Uh, he's a shelter in a storm. And so that's one of the reasons that I just love that scripture. Jenny, is there anything new that your ministry is working and praying about now? Well, we're praying about the relational connections that God is giving us to to connect with other prayer leaders and other prayer networks to advance the kingdom through prayer. And I, I think we're certainly seeing answers to that prayer in our day. I mean, there's many things within our ministry. We, we do need a, a more major property as the mother house. We've outgrown the premises that we're in at the moment. There's, you know, lots and lots of things. But I think looking at the big picture, it is that to continue to build. The Lord is being about being master builders mm-hmm. and to continue to build and build where he's telling us to build and to build with who he's telling us to build because you can't relate to the entire world, but just who is he telling us to connect with relationally and therefore in prayer and spiritually. You have just listened to Marina Maria, who is the host of Faith City Outreach and the founder of Global Gospel Worship Radio. Marina interviews local pastors and global leaders to share their testimonies and their ministries. If you're interested in being on Faith City Outreach, please contact Marina Maria at fcoprogram at gmail.com. This music is made as a courtesy from zapsplat.com. Marina wants to thank Four Winds Ministries for partnering with Faith City Outreach.